Hey, good morning. Uh, does anybody know who Matt Stairs is? Matt Stairs. Anybody know who Matt Stairs is? <laughs> no, no. no Matt Stairs uh, is a former Major League Baseball player. He played for about 12 teams, and he hit uh, the most home runs as a pinch hitter in uh, Major League Baseball history at 23 in his career. And uh, I bring that up because I'm pinch hitting for Pastor Matt today. If you're expecting a home run, I uh, think he came to the wrong service today, but uh, I'll do my best as a pinch hitter. I'll step in. Um, but <clears throat> I have a message, and it's called Never Always. And I hope the... Uh, it will touch your heart, and God will use it to uh, encourage you and uh, keep you close to him. So uh, let's uh, open a word of prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all your blessings, for your mercy and grace and love and compassion and kindness. Thank you that we come to you, Lord. You are strong and kind, and we can come to you at any time, now or wherever we are. And you're there always for us. So I pray, Lord, for... Uh, your word to get through today, Lord, and accomplish what you want it to accomplish, and you will be glorified, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, my wife told me, uh, well, I told my wife this morning that uh, I'm getting a little nervous about preaching, and she's very supportive. She told me, don't worry about it. No one's going to listen to you anyway. <laughs> so... But anyway, I'll just say I'll try my best. All right, again, my message is called Never Always. On October 29, 1941, Winston Churchill, who had attended a boarding school as a youth, was speaking to his alma mater. The year before, under Churchill's leadership, Great Britain survived the scathing attacks of the German Air Force on London on what was known as the Battle of Britain. Churchill told the students, this is the lesson. Never give in, never give in, Never, 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 in nothing great or small or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Today I would like to focus on Psalm 142. This psalm is called a masculine, which is a psalm of instruction. We can learn a lot from this psalm. It was composed by David during a tremendous struggle he was going through. David was in a cave hiding and he experienced many emotions common to each one of us from time to time. Struggles, anxiety, fear, abandonment, loneliness, confusion, depression. If you read the Psalms before and after Psalm 142, you can see additional thoughts, prayers, and requests of David. Now, take some time on your own if you want to read those. But I just want to focus on one Psalm, um, only seven verses. I hope you see the emotions and the feelings David was experiencing realizing that relying on how we feel can be misleading, detrimental, and even dangerous. Well, at the same time, we see how David called out to God and found hope in the Lord. I hope you and I can learn from this psalm whenever we are going through the negative feelings and struggles David was experiencing. Those thoughts and feelings whenever, like David, we feel like we are in a cave. So let's read the seven verses of uh, Psalm 142. 
And what we're doing is so please concentrate on David's intense feelings as well as his faith in God. <clears throat> I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who knows my way. In the path where I walk, men have hidden a snare for me. Look to my right and see. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to, the, to you, O Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather around me because of your goodness to me. So in verse 1, David cries aloud to the Lord. Can you sense the desperation David was experiencing? He's not just talking casually to God. He's showing how very emotional he is. David is hiding in a cave from his enemies. He feels abandoned, lonely, fearful, and depressed. But the first thing he does, and we can learn from this in the application, is to take our feelings and troubles immediately to the Lord. As you can see from the entire psalm, he is going through an immense struggle over his situation. Do you see the, do you see the three things he is doing? He is crying out, probably in anguish, calling for mercy, and telling God his complaint, his trouble. When we are going through a struggle, we need to take it to God to honestly and openly express our feelings to him. Many times we feel sorry for ourselves, complain, possibly try to figure out how to deal with the situation on our own, in our own wisdom. We might hear voices telling us that we don't measure up. It's hopeless. Just give up. But David seeks God, humbles himself before God, and asks for mercy. Maybe it's a good thing that David feels all alone, that he feels the need to turn to God, his only real hope. We need to go to God, humble ourselves, perhaps confess any known sin, and seek his mercy. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 tells us that God's love for us is great and he is rich in mercy. Think about that. God's love for us is great and he is rich in mercy. I think to me that's truly amazing and wonderful. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 tells us how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. To lavish means to give in great amounts or without limit. His love is great for us. Also, if we hear someone who is rich, we think, wow, they can do anything they want and get anything they want. They have a tremendous abundance of anything they would want or need. So if God is rich in mercy, he gives to us mercy in abundance. He never runs out of mercy. What a tremendous relief it is knowing that our God, even though we don't deserve it, wants to pour his mercy on us. Then David pours out his complaint to God. Now, wait a minute, haven't we been told not to complain? But David is complaining? Well, I believe David is conflicted, but he's just being open and honest about how he feels. His relationship and faith in God allows him to share his true feelings and express himself to God. He doesn't try to hide them or ignore them, but he is acknowledging them. He knows that he can tell God his troubles. His faith tells him that God is there for him 
and will listen to him in some way, somehow, lead him out of his troubles. Now, also, I'd like to interject some thoughts about struggling. Do you often feel that when you're going through a struggle, that you are somehow failing? That God has deserted you and is leaving you out there to fail? Maybe we feel that we have let God down once again. Maybe we struggle to love someone who is difficult to love. Maybe the struggle is job-related. Maybe we or a loved one is struggling with an illness and we feel that we just aren't handling it right or being very Christian. We have been taught that struggling is a bad thing, that success is all that matters. I believe that we will struggle at all times. We have to struggle, but we are not failing. God hasn't deserted you. He is still working in you. It is a part of the Christian life. We need to expect it. If we don't struggle, we have a tendency to take the place of God, to think we are capable in our own uh, power and can rely on our own wisdom to solve our stressful and debilitating problems. We would not turn to God and trust him. If we succeed or think we are succeeding in our own power, we take the glory. But when we allow God to have first place in our struggles, he will take care of us in his own way and in his own time, which is best, and he gets the glory. When God gets the glory, when God is glorified, that will result in us being truly blessed. Also, it is through struggles that we learn that our faith gets stronger and God can change us. Verses 2 and 3, David feels like his spirit is growing faint within him. But now he acknowledges something very important. God knows his way. God is with him. He is watching him. He knows everything about him. He may feel weak, but none of the problems he has escapes God's notice or concern or care. And that is true for us as well. He again honestly expresses his fear that his life is in danger and his enemies have hidden a snare or a trap for him. In verse 3, he feels all alone. No one cares about him. He has no refuge. Can you imagine how David must be feeling? <clears throat> Can you feel his anguish? Sometimes when we are struggling... We feel like we are all alone and that no one really cares for us, even though that may not be true. When we get to the pits of despair and depression, we don't think rationally. We don't feel safe and we expect something bad to happen, that there's no hope, no way out. But for David in verse 5, he goes from saying he has no refuge to saying, you are my refuge. If he weren't struggling, then he would feel no need to turn to God and realize that God is his refuge. He is turning from feelings to faith. He knows that God is his portion and is what he really needs. In verse 6, David again acknowledges his feelings. He asks God to listen to his cry because he is in desperate need. David is not saying, hey God, I have this problem, can you help me out here? No, he is crying out, God, help me, I am desperate. When you're desperate, you would almost do anything to overcome it. Or you may just feel like giving up. You can feel so hopeless. David knows he is too weak on his own. But he is expressing faith and trust in God by asking God to rescue him. He has hope. He has someone strong to help him. He is not letting his feelings take first place. He acknowledges them, but his faith, though it might be weak, is leading David to a better place. Yes, God is leading him to a better place. And God can use our struggles to bring us to a better place too. 
Also, can you see what David has been experiencing? He's hiding in a cave. He feels that he's in a prison. He can't go anywhere. Can't see who he wants to see. He can't do what he wants to do. He is trapped. But again, he cries out in faith to be set free from his prison. What does he want to do? When God hears and rescues him, David wants to praise God's name. Again, David's not seeking his own glory. He wants God to be glorified. Not only will he be free, he will have the righteous gather about me, not his enemies. Why would God do that? Because David knows God is good. He thinks God is good to me. Not only will David have reason to rejoice and praise God, but all will praise God. So I would like to make two applications for myself and for all of you. First, to borrow from Winston Churchill, never, never, never give in to your feelings. Again, never, never, never give in to your feelings. Acknowledge them, but realize that while feelings can be good, sometimes they can be irrational, untrustworthy, and maybe they're just plain wrong. Second, always, always, always turn to your faith in Christ. Again, always, always, always turn to your faith in Christ. Seek God. Humble, humble yourself before him. Pray about your feelings. Ask for wisdom. Look for truth. Continue what we're doing today, worshiping together. Speak to believers and seek counsel with those who have a strong faith. Listen to uplifting Christian songs and hymns, and especially seek the truth found in God's word. Be careful what the world tells us. Sometimes what the world tells us sounds good, but it might very well not be good. So we need to immerse ourselves in God's word. Read, memorize, highlight, write down verses or passages that will get your focus on the Lord. Know that God knows your way, what you're going through and experiencing, and what your need is. Feeling lonely and abandoned? Meditate on verses like Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Also verse 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Do you feel like you, <clears throat> excuse me, do you feel like you failed God and blew it once again? Focus on Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me repeat that. There is no condemnation for those that are who are in Christ Jesus. I think, to me, isn't that truly amazing? Another favorite of mine is Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. I often lean on Psalm 73, 26, which reads, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 34 is an amazing psalm. For example, are you brokenhearted? Well, guess what? Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. If that is you, he is near you and saves you. Most of us are familiar with Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7, where we are encouraged to rejoice in the Lord always. Paul tells us that the Lord is near. To not be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our requests to God. Start with praise. 
That should be included in our humbling ourselves before God. He wants our requests and he's promised peace. Do you need to remember what God has done for us? I love to read Titus chapter 3 verses 4 to 7. It's become one of my favorite passages. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. There are so many more. Search the scriptures and find verses and passages that will lift you up and help you to trust in our great God. By the way, if you've never trusted in Jesus for your salvation, please ask Jesus to be your Savior and Lord. Don't put it off. And you can partake in all the wonderful promises of God. There's a, a song I play on Christian radio by Matthew West, if you're familiar with him. Um, I think it fits in nicely with this. <clears throat> but he's, he sings, You're the God who stays. You're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away. You're the God who stands with wide open arms. And you tell me that nothing I've ever done can separate my heart from the God who stays. So in conclusion, if you remember only one thing that I've said, let it be this. Never, never, never give in to your feelings. But always, always, Always go to our great God with praise, requests, and thanksgiving. He will give strength, boldness, and will meet your needs. Go to our Lord, who according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, has great love for us and is rich in mercy.